Thank you. Well, so I, I'd like to, to welcome everybody to this uh, graduate workshop uh, uh, of the CPI. Uh, I feel very strongly that, that a research centre can only fulfil its raison d'etre, can attract young scholars and benefit from, from their drive and enthusiasm and inventiveness. In academic life, there's no more important community than those that come fresh to a topic or a discipline. In particular, when they're courageous enough uh, to question conventions and explore paths and, and, and test their ideas. And I think that's what good research requires as its life blood, because innovation rarely comes from the well-established. And I've always seen younger scholars as the most important, the most exciting part of, of academic life. And when I say young, I don't mean this in a patronizing sense. Uh, it's not the age that is relevant here, but the capacity to disregard prejudices and, and to look at, the, at a discipline as, as a path of open-ended possibilities. And for that, I have, I have huge respect. So, uh, political thinking is not an elitist activity, as I think most of the people around this table will agree, because for far too long we've been constrained and hampered by disciplinary fossilization in terms of the weight of past practices and in terms of, of the specific expectations that some political philosophers have imposed, sometimes deadly, <coughs> on our <coughs> understanding of a crucial human and social practice, which is thinking politically. And when we examine some of the standard salient uh, uh, writings on the political, uh, uh, they express viewpoints, even when they're critical of, of current practices in political philosophy, uh, have not fallen too far from the tree that has nourished them. Political theorists uh, uh, generally pursue their traditional and laudable uh, aim of intervening in public discourse with a sense of mission. But they often rest content uh, in telling us what politics is and should be solely as a result of their interactions with other intellectuals and academics. But theorizing about politics demands far broader skills and understandings than those harnessed by those political philosophers who focus on the ethical, the normative, or the prescriptive, or the clarity and precision of argument, <clears throat> and I regret to say on scoring points of each other in interminable technical, completely abstract, and otherworldly debates. Now, the luxury of such elite intellectual discourse is, of course, indispensable for stimulation and for, for originality and for testing one's ideas. But it neither does, it neither does nor can it reproduce the multi-layered world of thinking politically. And what I believe is, uh, that, is that political theorists need to descend from those semi-private conversations to exploring the broader agora of political thinking as a ubiquitous site of vernacular practice, whose evidence requires very careful interpretation and analysis. So we do need a parallel conversation, or maybe parallel conversations in the plural. Uh, um, they are currently very underdeveloped and muted about what politics is and about what thinking politically is. Whereas what we continually get from far too many scholars is a conversation of what it ought to be, given some ethical desideratum that only loosely interacts with the way that people actually uh, practice politics and practice thinking politically. There are other constraints. Uh, uh, other constraints have been spatial rather than temporal. Not necessarily only the allegiance of past channels, but the inability to think beyond the boundaries of the discipline. 
And political thought is of central interest to anthropologists and, and, and to sociologists and to cultural scholars and historians, to area study specialists. Wherever we find human beings engaging, communicating with each other, or engaging in forms of collective behavior, whether those forms are collaborative or conflictual, we will find politics. Now, another thing which I think I, I, I feel quite strongly about is that political theorizing requires its own kind of creativity. I want to emphasize this notion of creativity. The excitement of exploring, of uncovering, of decoding, of reassembling, of interpreting. And I think it requires the modesty of tentativeness and the acceptance of human frailty, not only the frailty of the people we study, but our own frailties as scholars, and of our professional inadequacy in confronting the messiness of political thought. I think political theory has been abandoned far too long to the, the logicians, the harmonizers, the splitters and parsers. But it too is a craft. Theorizing about politics is a craft. It's a series of suggestions for understanding. It itself, I think, is an artistic practice. It's a way of rendering and interpreting the world as well as of challenging the world. And I think theorizing, it should be a highly pleasurable activity, not some sort of ghastly chore that is imposed on one. It's, it's, it's about the pleasure. I, I mean, you know, when I'm, when I'm firing in all cylinders, which I happen not to do at the moment, uh, uh, it's, it's enjoyable. You sit, you sit in your computer and you, and, you, and you type out, put a paragraph and say, just change this word. You know, it's like chiseling a sculpture. And so then change this, maybe I move this sentence. And I say, okay, fine, I can move on to the next paragraph. Uh, so it's, 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 it should be vitally about the, the pleasure of extracting and shaping our comprehension of these central discursive practices that we study. And we should bring our theories as a, as a gift for the delectation of others uh, uh, and possibly surpassed by those whom we then give it as a gift and not as a semi-private and often emaciated pontification about good or correct thinking. So we need to, to, to appreciate the organics of political theory above its mechanics and there's far too much mechanics and too little organics. Now the philosopher is often depicted as a socially detached and solitary mind, operating at a relatively unsullied and impartial intellectual level as distinct from the ostensible, plain, unsophisticated and socially influenced practices of vernacular thinking. But we should query that. We should query that by interrogating the distinction between the, the mundane and the creative. And I think we can more often than not find the creative in the, in the vernacular and the mundane in the professional when the professional degenerates into the technical rather intellectual. And uh, uh, in, some, in my, my moments of, of, of impoliteness, I, I divide the academic world into intellectuals and technicians. And I think that uh, there are more technicians than intellectuals around. Now, I'm particularly interested in this workshop because of the importance of understanding and decoding the raw material of critical thinking, both in its ineliminable and its multivariant aspects. And I think, and the importance of, of identifying this extraordinary range uh, uh, of political thought practices and relating them both to conventional and to unconventional languages of political discourse. Of course, we search for patterns, we, search, we, 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 we identify constraints, they're enabling devices, <clears throat> but I don't think we need to look for immutable regularities and trajectories, certainly not for last words in theorizing. 
So political theory needs to rediscover the could as well as the is and relax its obsession with the ought. An obsession which is often worryingly at the fringes of the liberal professional tolerance that we should be practicing. Too much of the ought is, 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 is quite uh, powerfully prescriptive and intolerant. Politics, it's been repeatedly and persuasively pointed out, uh, um, does not occupy a separate sphere of social activity. But it's a separate form of social activity. Think politically is different from, from thinking historically or thinking sexually or thinking whatever. It's a, it's a particular way of thinking. Now, not many political theorists are actually willing to recognize that when we identify the practice we call political thinking, we need to distinguish its features from other kinds of thinking. And that can't be done merely by um, ascertaining the location of that thinking, say, whether it happens in, 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 in the state or, or, or around a dinner table, but by associating the question, what is political thinking, with the question, what things do people think about when their thinking may be described as political? That is to say, what, what forms of thinking discharge or aspire to discharge certain effects that have something in common, something distinct from other forms of thinking, and something that the conventional term political, which itself is a very vague term, uh, can more or less usually signify, at least in, in some general way, ad umbrella. <coughs> and not least, and I think this is uh, central to, to today's workshop, thinking doesn't only appear in texts and verbal discourses, though it does that crucially. Uh, it is a ubiquitous human practice appearing, say, in art, as the wonderful murals of, of, of uh, Rivera in, in Mexico, or in architecture, in dance, in, in, in theatre, in music, think of Beethoven's Eroica, and in the body language of immigration officers. <laughs> so, uh, we shall now, I'm certain, have a, have an enjoyable and a relaxing and a stimulating day, and thank you very much all of you for coming here, and thanks in particular to the organizers, to, to Dan and to Martin, who've worked very hard behind the scenes. I know from bitter experience myself of organizing uh, these sort of workshops takes a lot of effort and time and, and, and love and goodwill. Uh, uh, and, and thank you also to all the contributors who have made the effort to share their thoughts with us today.